another episode of the Love God, Love Sex podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Heath. The doors of the church are open today. I'm one of your... <laughs> come. Uh, come what's on. good, everybody? This is Jamie. The doors of the church are open. Saints, come on in. Come on in. Don't let this opportunity <laughs> pass you by. You make Give it another opportunity, hand. but this will be Give the best God opportunity. Your heart. Guys, we have so much to talk about today. Check out our socials at Love God Love Sex Pod, TikTok. You can follow us, YouTube. You can subscribe, and audio platforms: Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. At Love God Love Sex Pod. With that said, today's episode is a reaction episode, really a response episode to a powerful yet brief. TikTok or brief yet powerful TikTok by a holistic psychiatrist named Kelly Brogan MD. All one word, Kelly Brogan MD. Check out her work. And she has this video pinned at the top of her profile, which is called Infidelity is a Symptom. So, what does she mean by Infidelity is a Symptom? She did a very good storytelling technique that happens in TikToks most times. She opened up with a story saying, I yesterday was out and about and got hit on uh, by two married men within a three hour time span. And while I initially just went to revulsion and thinking about how I felt sorry for the women, I had to think about what leads to infidelity. And cue, change and transition. And she goes to a whiteboard, draws a man, draws a woman and says, you know, in a relationship, a man contains a woman, provides containment. What does she mean by containment? She means provision, protection, safety, thinking of being contained in a, a castle or contained in some kind of hyper silo where, you know, the issues of life or the dangers and perils of life are very difficult to reach you. What does that man get in return? She says on her whiteboard, respect, respect, honor. And she uses really the, the word respect and she hones in on that. And the moment that woman stops giving him respect, as she crosses it out on the whiteboard, it sows the seeds for infidelity. And she draws little seeds, you know, little dashing lines. And she said that leads to infidelity for two reasons. One, if that man has not healed his mother wound, which we're going to talk about today, and integrated that mother wound into his holistic self, he is now looking for validation for himself from other women. And this goes back there to the woman. Most women, they will lose respect for their man for a lot of reasons. One, if he's not taking care of himself, you know, you met him, he has an eight pack and now he has six eight packs <laughs> around his hip area. Uh, he's off mission. Uh, David dated his work the way the superior man talks about this. If he is not adamant in putting his mission first in the relationship in order to add value to himself and to the family, that throws him off. Or if the man is just not meeting her needs, and this is just my insertion, kind of a piggybacking on what she says. The woman generally breaks respect and she goes, most women know that the point of where they lost respect for their man. They know the point. They know the time and place, uh, the longitude, latitude, where they were at when they lost respect for their man. And so what she goes on to say is that realizing that in these relationships, infidelity can be co-created between the spouse, the woman, and the man. And that if you are out and about and you're being hit on by a married man, now I believe she's addressing this to women, you're not superior to him. You're not better than him if he's the one cheating. Look at it as an opportunity that if he approaches you, 
to recognize within yourself the red flags and the warnings that tell you he is not the man for you. And once you start doing that, that builds up self-knowledge and self-awareness and allows you to say, oh, something's off and it's not in alignment with what I want. I need to step. And that is how she ends the TikTok. Go watch that TikTok. It's brief. It, it, it's it's in TikTok world. It's like watching a two-hour documentary. In, in human world, it's a brief TikTok. We wanted to talk about this because Jay and I have mentioned infidelity. We've discussed infidelity. We've both had brushes with infidelity on some level, whether marriage or dating. And oftentimes, those who cheat are labeled you know, tarred and feathered, or the people try to tar and feather them and they wear the scarlet letter. But so many times, especially in the case of women and men, if the man's a cheater, no one's really talking about what leads to the cheating. And oftentimes men who are cheating, and I'm, oftentimes some of them right, are men who are habitual cheaters. They're into womanizing. They're into getting as much pussy into their bag as possible. But we really don't explore some of the other issues, as Kelly Brogan did so eloquently, that show us infidelity is a symptom. Now, the question is, a symptom of what, Jay? Whoa. Yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot. I mean, I really enjoyed the clip, um, listening to her breakdown, or, or really just showing compassion for um, a group, you know, usually a, a cheater, a man. And like you said, Normally, people don't necessarily care about the why in that conversation or what led to that. Um, speaking from experience, I know when I was going through um, issues in my marriage, you know, after I stepped out, the marriage counselor actually mentioned this in a session one time about how the scenario of infidelity is co-created. Now, I don't think she meant to convey that there's fault on both sides. I just think she was just trying to say, like, you know, when you look at it as a whole picture, it's not just one person or at least in, in my scenario, it wasn't just me making the decision to because something because my wife wasn't enough. You know what I mean? It was well, it, it was that, but it wasn't that she wasn't doing enough. It was that she had said something that made me feel like I wasn't enough. And then someone else was building me up and it made me latch on to them. And that's where. You know what I mean? I decided to make that choice to step out, but it wasn't like, you know, um, my wife had any fault. So I, I think that's what probably would turn a lot of people off when they first kind of hear that at first glance, like it's a co-created thing, but that's literally what it means. And I mean, I think you could apply that logic to any scenario that you end up with somebody, right? Like when, when you get married, that was co-created. When you get divorced, that's co-created. So everything that you go through with a, per, a person or a partner is going to be a co-created situation in, in one way or another. I think there's some, some validity to that, but I think there is a slither of people who are really just motherfuckers. And they go mm -hmm. out of their way to torture and to enjoy and almost feast on the negative emotions sometimes that they stir up in their marriage. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes, because these people do it pretty frequently. Yeah, But that aside, because that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about infidelity is a symptom. And I said, is a symptom of what? And I think it's a symptom of a larger issue of pain. There's a lot of men who are in, number one, sexless marriages. 
some men's wives have told them, and there was an interesting article about this in CNN about five years, six years ago, where a lot of men's wives come to them and said, we're not going to have sex anymore. These guys aren't 85. They're 42, 43, 45. Uh, there's an issue with, uh, I think, men, and she touched on it, needing validation because that respect, right? Men are given that containment. That woman is giving him respect, and that's how she did the circle. The circle of the containment goes to the woman, and then the respect goes to the man. And when there's no longer respect, and then there's a mother wound there, right? There is a wound that your mother or your relationship with your mother has caused. Then there is a clinging on, a need for validation. So let's talk about some of the symptoms and the pain. One, sexless marriages. That they are very difficult to navigate. For most men, I've seen some of the, not all the men, but some of the men I've seen cheat, it's from sexless marriage, from a woman either verbally expressing or through body language and simple nose and always coming up with a reason not to have sex, pushing the man away. Now we know most of us, sex is a physiological need. It is similar to eating and it's similar to the need for movement. Sex is something that's natural and it's good. And when you're in a marriage context and you're not receiving it, it drives a lot of men. And I'm going to say something that's going to seem bombastic and over the top, but it drives you delirious. Because on one hand, you're trying to satiate what you may perceive to be a physical need. On the other hand, you're dealing with a deep, dark rejection that you feel from this person, this emotional bond that you're trying to connect, right? But it's not happening. This never becomes that. And then that starts to erode the confidence, the trust. And then when there's validation outside, as you mentioned, it comes to infidelity shortly thereafter. What is your take on this whole idea of sexless marriages? As being, again, a, a symptom of infidelity. Um, I mean, I think that exists. And to me, that would make a lot of sense, right? If you have a deficit, you're going to try to get it filled. Or if you got a void, you're going to try to get it filled somehow. Like I said before, people are not built to go without. So, I mean, if, if a man is in a marriage and he's not getting that, what you call a very basic need met, yeah, it might drive him to go outside of his home for that. Um, and it could be based on that validation, right? It's like <clears throat> part of that respect is, I guess, validation in the bedroom. Like, yeah, you're putting it, thanks for the lights being on and gas and electric and all of that stuff being taken care of. But also thank you for pleasuring me and pleasing me. And if somebody feels like they're not getting that, they're going to want to hear that. They're going to want that validation, that affirmation somewhere from somewhere. So, <clears throat> but I, I mean, I was just going to say, I don't even know that. Sometimes it's that deep, you know what I mean? I think a lot of guys would just say they just want to sleep with other women. If they had their druthers, they would choose to do that without the judgment, without the backlash. So it's it's almost kind of like there may be a narrative, there may be a why, but the why may not necessarily be as deep as a mother wound or because he feels like he's not being affirmed at home. I mean, I know, I know men who have said they want to do it and they're getting all that they can at home. Guys who are in like really good marriages have talked about wanting to sleep with other women. Now, I, I don't know if the conversation changes if they actually go and do it, but even the guys I know who are in the best marriages have admitted to wanting to step out. 
So sometimes I don't even know if it's about there being a deficit um, in the home. Some guys just, it seems like, you know, most of the guys I know would, would do it just because they don't need a reason. And I think that is definitely a segment or a portion of the male population, for sure. And even the men who may be doing it because they were spurned or they felt rejected might have had that as a baseline. I'm not denying that. What I find to be very interesting about this uh, psychiatrist analysis is the fact that she's really underscoring the emotional breadth and depth of a man. Something that we've talked about constantly on this podcast that I believe does get ignored in these larger conversations around infidelity and around men stepping out. Yeah, it's easy to say that most men do, and there are baseline. I'm not saying to trample on what you're saying. Oh, it's just easy. But I, I get that. You know, it definitely is. I just see it that there are many men who, if their relationships were better, if their emotional needs were being recognized, if they did feel connected and they were being affirmed in that cycle that she discussed, containment, then respect, that would encourage them, that would form a strong emotional foundation for them to think a little bit better and clearly about what they're sacrificing when they're going to just follow up and seek validation outside of the home. For some of the men who do get it regularly, that is, for some, I think, a great way of them staying within their center, staying within themselves. For others, it's not, as you mentioned. But I really want to applaud and champion Dr. Dr. Brogan here because, again, one of the things we keep saying on this podcast is how men do have a rich, deep interior life. And oftentimes, it gets thrown away for these tropes about being pussy-hungry, Fuck, if I can get as much as I can, I'm going to take it. And, you know, uh, being as greedy as possible in house and home. What I mean by house and home is when you're home or with your family and house, as far as I'm trying to acquire more homes or acquire more houses, a.k.a. more women, more attention. It's, you know, uh, quite disturbing to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a that is a deep conversation. You know what I mean? And I don't know if because that's. It's not something that I feel that I can relate to. I don't really know how much I can speak to it. I mean, I, I know guys who talk to me about this specifically. Like, this is the reason why I've gone out and stepped outside of my house. You know what I mean? And they start talking about the layers of childhood issues and things like that. And it's like, if I had a, a better situation, I'd be doing better. I'd be choosing better. But this is just where I am. You know what I mean? My... To your point, if if you've chosen monogamy and the person you've chosen monogamy with isn't honoring that, you know, withholding sex or weaponizing it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like I said earlier, it definitely could drive somebody to, to step out. What do you think about her whole mention of the mother wound? What did, what did you make of that? Because I have a few things I want to say about that that I thought was right. Those are. Those are, they really do cut deep. And I mean, the longer it takes for you to address them, I think the more problems, the, the, the more layered your problems get around emotions that are attached to that wound. So like the older you get, like if you had a, an abandonment issue, your mom as a child, right? The older you get, 
you start almost kind of like becoming more and more neurotic about abandonment and you set up more and more situations where somebody can't leave. You start going after people who need you more and more. You know what I mean? Who are in such dire straits that the idea, the, the mention of you stepping out would make them straighten up right away. You know what I mean? Like I've seen people do that because they've had abandonment issues. Guys do that with abandonment issues with their mom. So it's like, you know, the longer you it takes you to address it, the longer and the more layered that problem gets. So, I mean, I've, I've definitely seen, I've had something like not feeling validated um, with my mom, but it, I don't necessarily feel like when I stepped out or the way that I've been with women in my life was because of that. I personally feel like it was just more of a, it was really kind of attached to how the first the first woman that I gave my heart to really the first time I got my heart broken. And because I had such like a high view of women, I almost kind of pedestalized them because I grew up around such great women. I didn't see that coming. And I think for a long time I was mad at her and still like, I never got to deal with that heartbreak. Um, and so I took that on a lot of other people. But it, it, it wasn't because of a mother wound. But I think if a man's mother wound is um, kind of centered around either abandonment or not being affirmed or something like that, it can definitely show up um, and kind of materialize and manifest in their romantic relationships for sure. Yeah, I have a hard time with the mother wound because I'm not too sure if I understand what that is not saying what she's saying is false by the way she's a psychiatrist and she's the expert so i'm going with what she says i'm just talking about how i'm tracking with it with my limited knowledge and even exposure i find that hard because the mother wound i think to me seems to be very convoluted it's convoluted to discuss because there's so many different wounds i imagine and then it's convoluted to discuss because of how it could possibly play out again from my vantage point now there's another TikTok video making the rounds with a, a kind of kind of maybe early 30s mid 30s white guy who talked about his bettering his relationships with women once he healed his mother wound. Now I didn't stay and listen to that TikTok. He's a guy with like a baseball cap on and a beard and he's you know he's looking kind of like forlorn and you know, serious and pensive as he's speaking. He's in front of a crowd like some kind of stage format. I just don't know who he is. And if I find it again, we could talk about it. I'll send it to you just so you have context for what I'm saying. But he talked about healing his mother wound. And I've heard men talk about abandonment issues, but even if their mother is there, there's emotional abandonment. There is never giving them fulfillment or affirmation, support. I think a lot of young men who don't feel that they're in tune with their mother at times will use their relationships from what I'm gathering to practice out sometimes hatred towards their mom or disdain towards their mom or confusion that they have with the relationship with their mother. And it becomes quite complicated. And this is why it becomes convoluted because when men are talking about healing, or I believe when I'm talking about healing, I'm always looking at it from the lens of being accountable and responsible for your healing and thinking about your healing in a way where you have agency and you're going to do work. 
you're going to go through a lot of pain, as the Mark Bell Project talks about their podcast, torture. Your ability to be success is directly in their eyes correlated to your uh, ability to sustain torture. So you're going to go through a lot of deep, gut-wrenching, heart-wrenching experiences. And you want to give people templates that are grounded in reality and that they can at least adopt and modify for what's going on in their lives. And when we talk about mother wounds, again, I do think we just need deeper psychoanalysis around that. And it becomes harder to kind of make it part of, again, the layman's conversation. What does it mean that your mom rejected you? What does it mean that your mom doesn't believe in you? What does it mean that your mom provided these limits on you? And how does that carry on through the relationship with you? I do think, though, what I what I do notice is that there is some kind of weird dance between men and women when their moms are in the picture. I've seen this happen in relationships, marriages, where men stick up for their mom over their wives. I find that to be weird. That you would prize, you know, your you know, you would put your mom's meddling. And I say meddling because a lot oftentimes it is meddling over uh the wisdom and sedation and sedacious advice that your wife may be giving you. I find that to be odd, and I, I I don't know what that is exactly. Again, I am limited. I I, I don't have the, the the psychological or psychi psychiatric skills to do that. So that's just what I wanted to say about the mother one because I do see it as valid. It's just it, I think it needs to be broken down more. But oh, for sure. Yeah. So let's talk yeah. about this 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 third point um, that I had mentioned earlier, and and I actually want to deviate off that too. What does it take to repair these relationships? Because one of the things that I'm hoping people see is that some of the men who cheat aren't doing it maliciously or just out of habit. Yes, you mentioned those men exist or those men who just have that default. You believe that a lot of men may feel that way, but there are men who are controlling themselves and what happens when someone can't control themselves or seeks that validation outside. I'll give you a perfect example. I remember driving around with a, uh, my cousin of mine and our family was getting ready to go through some some problematic times. And what came of light, we were driving and we were around Columbia University in New York City. And I said, you know, before I got married, I would judge very harshly men who cheated. And then I said, after six months of, of being married, I see why they cheat. And he was driving the car and we just couldn't stop laughing as we were in his Cadillac driving down the street. But the truth of the matter is, that lack of validation is real and the ways in which some men are in these emotionally difficult marriages that drain the life and vitality out of them. Almost like vampire marriages. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. I'm just being, we can say the same for women. I'm mm -hmm. sure there is. So, but you know, I want to be able to keep the conversations focused. We're talking about women, we're talking about women, we're talking about men, we're talking about men. You know, I don't feel like we have to always, oh, but what about women? Oh, but what about men? It's like, we're having this Let's keep the main thing the main thing. Yeah, for this for this conversation. Yeah, for this conversation. Uh, what is your what what is what is your take on that? Well, I was just going to ask, what did you experience in six months <laughs> that gave you that kind of understanding of of sure. why? Sure, sure, sure. So I think the first thing is broken promises. Oftentimes, before you get married, there if you're being communicative, which I was, uh, not perfectly, of course, but I was, 
there is conversations about what the expectations are of the relationship. And usually there's that's followed by a bunch of yeses. Yes, 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 yes. We're going to do all that. That's going to happen. This happen. And then once the marriage happens, it's that old Sinbad joke from that show Brain Damage. As soon as you say yes, I think some things need to change. Up that bait in and here. switch. That bait and switch, huh? Yeah. I don't like your attitude. That's, you know, she starts giving you a whole different side of her or a whole different person that you never thought you would see. I've heard married men saying their sex stops. Like literally sometimes it just stops, just evaporates. Others talk about, you know, someone who does all these, you know, chores or someone who does all this cooking or someone who, you know, brings in a certain amount of income. And then all of a sudden, whatever routine, goals or habits someone had, they stop, which is one of the reasons, you know, you saw as a foundation for how you guys are going to live successfully together. I don't care if it was in the house or outside of the home, it stops. So there's this broken promise or missed expectation, and it comes off very deliberate. And it comes off like lying. I mean, I've seen people talk about wives basically becoming another person in order to meld themselves and mold themselves into their partner. And then as soon as they get married, the old self comes out. And I once saw uh, recently, um, I think Jiaying Summers was talking about this, a very famous uh, Chinese comedian. She's, she's great. And uh, she was doing some interviews out in New York City and was asking women if I remember. Oh, no, she was on this interview. Someone else was asking where they said, what's the thing you've done to impress a man that you were never into? One woman was like, I got into hockey. I wasn't into hockey. Oh, I, you know, acted like I was into EDM or this type of music or this type of food or restaurants. Also, I can be with this man. Now, those relationships broke up. They weren't married. But that is a big swift and change once you go from being in EDM to like, well, I won't lie to you. I never really got into gotten to that i was always in the gospel and it doesn't even come out like i, I didn't lie to you it comes out as yo you want to go to this edm concert not really feeling it you know instead of edm why don't we just do this mary mary concert why don't we go to see the old you know alabama blind boys review and then slowly but surely after maybe pushing and pulling for like a year and a half i never liked edm in the first place you did and you're like yeah but you never said that to me so here comes out this new person who you didn't even know existed and why was it suppressed or why are you changing? Is that what mattered to you, being with me or being married? You know, I've been there. Yeah, you know, I've been. So, so it's basically like in that first six months, you just you it, the reality of broken promises mm -hmm. started and, to sink in. Yeah, and the fact that someone was almost, at least this is the way you perceive it, conducting theater with you. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, authenticity is big for guys, I think. Yeah. Denzel Washington isn't a corrupt cop in the cities of the streets of L.A. driving <laughs> Ethan Hawke around. That's a role he plays. <laughs> right. He comes home and tries to tell his wife and John David Washington, you know what I mean? And King Malcolm. Kong ain't got shit on. <laughs> right. We're, we're, we're calling 911. We're going to get some medication. Mm -hmm. If Johnny Depp shows up and tries to tape a bunch of scissors to his hand because he thinks he's Edward Scissorhands, they're going to probably try and institutionalize Johnny and get him some medication. So there's this theater that's going on that you feel. And then you were duped, manipulated, lied to. You were the mark and you got got. I'm not saying this is what it is. I'm talking about whatever, what I've experienced and what I've seen some men talk about. The change up that just is ever so subtle.
but very apparent once the I do happens. I think you, this is not personal to you, but I think that does happen a lot where men get manipulated into relationships, not maliciously, but I think women feel like they have to show themselves as integrated into what the man wants to do in order for him to feel safe. So you, you may have very well been manipulated, but I think it was just, just really, it just kind of came to me right now. Cause I feel like I went through the same thing. Like the person I saw in front of, I do before it seemed like they were a lot more into me or integrating into my life and what I was trying to do and who I was trying to be after before I do. And it was like on the other side of that, it was like the expectation was that I was going to change to be more of what they wanted me to be. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And so it was like, I felt the same way. Like, well, yo, before we got married, it was this, 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 and this. And now on the other side is that, 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 and that. (laughs) Um, and, but, you know, I, mean, I know we're coming up on time, but I just wanted, wanted to give you a, a chance to finish talking about that and, and like how it brought you to like, damn, this made me definitely feel like I could step out. Well, once you recognize that you've, you've been maybe the subject of this manipulation and there's a whole argument that manipulation is not a bad thing. The people manipulate people every day. Again, conversation for another time. But also once you realize you're not receiving the love that you need the way you need it, dealing with love languages. Then you start going without and you start to feel barren and empty inside. When you feel barren and empty inside, you start looking to quench, right? To, to fill that emptiness with life. If you were thirsty, you're trying to get something to drink. You're hungry, you're trying to satiate your hunger pains. And it's the same way with love. Again, what the guy talks about in lot five love languages is that people's love tanks are empty. People end up on fumes, and we all know that your car or your vehicle is on fumes with no you know, f- source of energy into it, whether it's a helicopter, car, boat, yacht, whatever, it's not going to move. And a lot of men end up on E, and they need to be replenished. They need to be filled up. And some men then start looking at that coworker. They start looking at that woman they know. They start hopping on apps. They start seeking out what they need in order to feel fulfilled. Because my belief, and I know you say it's a baseline for men, my belief there are men who know how to control themselves very well. And there's some men who aren't interested in even cheating or sleeping with multiple women. I think even if they were doing that, they've evolved. Like say, okay, I'm done with that part of my life. I want to settle down. And then you settle down and you hit hit this wall and you're like, what the heck is this? What is this? I'm trying to become a more enlightened, connected person. What is this? And I think a lot of men who may not even done that, they just wanted to be with their partner. They wanted to be connected. They hit that wall and they don't know what to do. And they break. Hence the name of the title for the show or, uh, or the Kelly Brogan TikTok. Infidelity is a symptom, symptom of something larger. And I want to really use this occasion, this podcast episode, to break up the idea that all men are dogs and that all men just think one way. There is a deep, rich, emotional life to men. And there are and men still need to be accountable and men still need to be responsible for their actions. That doesn't mean that the infidelity is okay. 
it means there is a problem. There's a problem. If we're starting now to look at alcoholism like a disease and drug addiction like a disease, it sounds like Kelly Brogan, Dr. Kelly Brogan, excuse me, is proposing a model where infidelity is looked at in the same kind of disease model. Again, it's like all diagnoses, it's not one size fits all. And like we said, there are going to be men who are narcissists who just habitually cheat and carry on and hurt. But I think there are for men who, when their wife sits them down and says, I'm not having sex with you any longer, or has gone years without any affection or deep love, what do they do in order to feel replenished? And on that note, uh, I think you might be on mute, Jay. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say, and on that note. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to this episode. We're available TikTok, YouTube, at Love God, Love Sex Pod. TikTok, follow YouTube. You can subscribe. Audio platforms, Google, Podcast, Apple, Podcast, Spotify, at Love God, Love Sex Pod. Go ahead and smash that subscriber button, or subscribe button, rather. Also, we're available email, connect at lovegodlovesexpodcast.net. Open the show ideas and suggestions. Always looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening to this episode. Until next time, take care. Peace.